When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the Golden Hurricane Sports Network, from Learfield, this is Eye of the Hurricane podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. Hello and welcome to Eye of the Hurricane podcast. I'm Bruce Howard. Yes, we are getting closer to the start of the season. Golden Hurricane taking on Wyoming on September 3rd. And then, of course, the home opener on September 10th against Northern Illinois. And as promised, we continue our series on assistant coaches in TU football. We're joined now by Calvin Lowry, who is the wide receivers coach for the Golden Hurricane, co-passing offensive coordinator, special teams as well. And you probably sweep floors too, right? And the more things you can do, the less chance they have to sweep you out of there. Huh? No, amen. <laughs> it's it's all about uh, being versatile in any and everything that you're trying to do when it comes to the coaching profession. Uh, the more hats you wear, uh, the more times that you get to touch and feel on the athletes that you have in the football team. So, especially when it comes to the special teams aspect of it, I get to you know have personal relationships with everybody on the football team. So that makes a, a vested interest for everybody involved. You're in the eighth, your eighth year now. You've been here right from the beginning. Um, how do you like Tulsa? Uh, you know, now that I have a family, uh, it, uh, I really love the city of Tulsa. Uh, it's very easy living. Um, you have a, a big, big, big city feel to it, but you also have a small town feel as well. And it's a great place to raise children. Uh, you know, my oldest just started school yesterday, so I'm really excited about that. He's excited about it. So this is home for us. Uh, both of them were born here, so it's, we're very excited as a family to be here and continue our journey here. And, of course, you have had an interesting journey. What Grew up in North Carolina, played at Penn State, played in the NFL. You've been around a few places, and uh, and this is the place you now call home. Yes, sir. This is the longest that I've lived in one particular place since leaving uh, the state of North Carolina to go to college. So it's uh, it's new territory for me. Uh, but, you know, this is where we started our family, where I got married at, uh, where we had our two sons at. And, you know, we've uh, we, we've definitely grown some roots here, so we're excited about it. 
Well, folks might not know, as you played three years in the NFL, the, the Titans, the Broncos, and the Jags, I believe. What was that like? What was it like to be at that highest level? You know, uh, you're, you you don't realize until you're actually done with it. Uh, you know, it's always that awe-inspiring moment when you run out for your first game and you have that shield on the back of your helmet and you're wearing, you know, your city's logo with your name on the back of it. But you also remember that you're one of the one percenters that ever started playing football to make it at that 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 elite uh, fraternity playing in the NFL. So it was definitely a, a fun ride, you know, while I was on it. Uh, but now I'm on the flip side of it, and I'd much rather be on this side than that side. <laughs> and you've you know you had a couple of few interceptions in the NFL. Any shining moment that you recall in the National Football League? Uh, you know, for me, I think my rookie year, you know, mainly playing on special teams, we were playing against the Miami Dolphins, and Wes Welker was a punt returner, and I go down, and it was a really good hit that I have a good picture on, and it was one of those that kind of lasts forever. But just that first moment with the lights being turned on, running out, and you, our, my first game in the NFL was against the Jets. Um, you know, so playing special teams, so I'll never forget that moment uh, as long as I live. And just try to implore in these young athletes that, uh, you know, it's you have a better chance of winning the lottery than you do actually having to make it to the NFL. So make sure your plan A through Z involves academics and take care of your schoolwork because, again, that ball is going to go flat for somebody even if you make it to the NFL. Yeah, and so – as a result of that, and they know you were an NFL guy, does that give you a little bit more street cred in terms of them believing what you have to say? No, I, I wouldn't go that far. I just try to talk real-life experiences to the guys, things that I've gone through, because even even the times that I was playing in the NFL, the times have changed um, just you know, philosophy-wise, you know, as far as our practices and, and philosophies. But when it's all said and done, it's still football. It's still running, tackling, catching, blocking, all those different things. So you know, you try to teach the guys the, the right fundamentals here so hopefully they get that chance at the next level. Uh, to showcase their talents. All right, as the co-passing game coordinator, you and Bo Trahan, uh, how does that work? How does that work as co-coordinators, if you will, of the passing game? And you're obviously very much involved with the receivers. It's really a group collaboration as far as, you know, different uh, passing schemes, uh, concepts. We all get in there, cuss and discuss. Uh, nobody wears their emotions on the sleeve. And if something sticks and we all agree on it, we try it. We go out and see if it works. Uh, then if we like it, we continue it. If not, we'll just trash it and start new but it's it's everybody's involved as far as what we're trying to do run game pass game so it's just it's a title that you know helps you know elevate guys to a certain level yeah, and at the same time, uh, in any group effort like that, you check the egos at the door, right? No, 100%. You know, that's that, that's us as a staff. I wouldn't trade our staff for anything in the world. You know, we vibe off of, of, off of each other really well. Um, you know, we just go in there and we, we try to come up with the best game plan that is very simplistic for the guys to retain and then be able to go out to the field and regurgitate it uh, to the best of the ability and give us a chance to be the best version of who we want to be as a football team. Now, as a player, you're a safety, but you coach the wide receivers. So how did you cross to the uh, to the dark side, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> uh, quickly in 2012, they went from uh, just two GAs to four GAs, uh, and I was living in uh, Austin, Texas at the time, working at St. Andrews Episcopal High School, um, and was working camps at Baylor uh, by way of Coach Norwood, who was my position coach at Penn State. So I had a relationship with him. I uh, started working camps. I was actually working a camp with a broken arm, uh, and they needed a, another GA on offense, uh, and offered me the job. I accepted it. So that was my way going into the offense. But now I bring a defensive mentality to it to I know what defenses want to take away, what they want to give up. But I also bring my guys are going to play on special teams. We're going to do the na the nasty, gritty stuff because of the def defensive mentality that I have, but also have a little fun at the receiver position as well. All right, let's talk about the receiver room. Um, you know, obviously Keelan Stokes, he's been here almost as many years as you. <laughs> and here he is. What's he mean to you? 
Um, you know, for me, for the room, uh, I always consider him the alpha and the omega. Uh, he sets the tone, the temperature for how the room's going to go. Uh, he does the nitty-gritty stuff. Uh, he's not afraid to go across the middle of the field. He's not afraid to run the ball. He's not afraid to block. So, again, he really sets the tone and the tempo for how the room's going to go. And he's, you know, a lot of people just call him the dog, and that, that's a good thing. Yes, sir. Uh, it's not a derogatory term by any stretch of the imagination. You got dogs, you got beasts, you got freaks. So it's, again, all those things in football relative terms mean really good things. Describe J.C. Santana's game. You know, he, from where we got him day one to where he's at right now, just the maturity and the growth uh, is is awe-inspiring for him. You know, he's, he's a graduate, sleeps a graduated well. Keelan Stokes is a graduate, so I'm really uh, proud of that accomplishment for both of them. Um, but J.C. is that burner. He's that guy on the edge that you better hold on if you get a guy walk down in his face because he could really blow the roof of it off uh, and go down the field and make a, a really you know a spectacular play when it's all said and done. Another guy who's uh, gotten some Division One catches is Isaiah Epps, who transfers in. How has he adapted, and what do you see in his game? You know, him coming in and going through spring ball was beneficial for him, just understanding who and how we are as a football team and how we practice, uh, understanding the concepts, uh, what we do offensively, and he's really evolved. And now you're starting to see uh, the strides, uh, the plays, the physicality, the speed coming along. So he's really comfortable at a position right now, so we're excited to see him play. And there's nothing like going back at home and playing back in front of your family, your friends, the places where you were born and raised. So it's a, it'll be a good time for him, for sure. I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited to see Stokes Santana and Epps on the field at the same time in some of your three wide receiver sets I'm not sure how the defense is going to guard that no it's uh you know when you have those three guys on the football field who do you double you know, so it, it, you really get a lot of one-on-one matchups, and I kind of like our guys uh, against some of the DBs uh, that we'll go against. Now, we'll go against some very talented secondaries that we have to work in and create and keep some separation, but I, I believe in our guys, and we preach and hone about racing back to the ball and stuff like that. So me as a coach, I grind, push them to try to get the best out of them, and they also do the same for me. And Malachi Jones has caught a couple of passes. Last year had some key catches uh, for you, so he's back. Uh, how about other young players that might emerge for you? You know, you have uh, Malachi got some experience last year, like you said, but he was playing out of position. He was playing an outside receiver, so now he's back at home playing inside. He's almost cut from the same cloth as, as Keelan Stokes as far as doing that that in-between-the-hashes work right there. He also has – he's he's faster, in my opinion, right there. But you got Cam Benjamin, who's really coming along. you got Marquis Shoulders, who's coming along. And then you got some guys on the edges, like a, a, a Keith Wheeler. We call him Deuce. Uh, he's a true freshman that was in here in the spring and rolled early. And then you got Carl Chester, who uh, got here this summer, uh, who's a junior college transfer. And then you got Nick Remper, who's a junior college guy who went through spring ball with us as well. So we really have a really good depth this year. We got a, a good combination of old and young that are kind of mingling and mixing together. But everybody follows in line. There's not too many chiefs, not enough Indians right there. So it's uh, you got to have that one chief who's going to leave the room. And, and Keelan Stokes is that guy. You know, Coach, you mentioned, of course, inside and outside guys. Uh, some do migrate from one to the other. What's the difference between those two positions in your eyes? You know, uh, the inside guys will have a little bit more on their plate as far as the route combinations that they run. The outside guys are really push, vert, sit, come down, uh, come back, stuff like that. So it's their, their plate's not as full. Uh, but once you know your position, you actually kind of gravitate and know everybody else's position. So you kind of compete, you know, intermingled in whether you be outside, inside. And you kind of saw that last year with J.C. J.C. was an outside guy that ended up playing, finishing the year inside. And then some of our three receiver sets, he would go back outside. So those guys, as you get older, you get more mature. Those guys kind of figure out how to play all four positions when it's said and done. 
All right. Again, you're a busy guy, so let's turn to special teams. Uh, what are where are the areas of improvement in your eyes for special teams? Um, you know, what we definitely have to get better at is our kickoff coverage, special teams aspect of it. You know, we gave up way too many big returns, too many touchdowns that we had to fight back as a team uh, to win ball games. Uh, you know, we had some big pump returns that we got to clean up right there, and that's just placement of kicks. I mean, we have Lachlan back. We have to break in a new snapper. Um, we're doing that. We got some good competition going in that position right there, but we got some really good guys in coverage in the return aspect of it as well. You know, you got Anthony Walkins, who had a kickoff return last year. Uh, you have Keelan Stokes, who couldn't be back as a pump return, and Cam Benjamin, who did last year. We got a multitude of other guys that can be return guys as well, but we have to sure up the kickoff unit right there because that could be a big thorn in your side when you're going in. You have momentum as an offense, i.e. Oklahoma State last year. We take the lead and then we turn around and give a kickoff return for a touchdown. We could just never rebound right there. So kickoff return is very, very – or excuse me, kickoff uh, is a big uh, big need of improvement right there that we have been focusing on all training camp. Yeah, that coverage, obviously, but there were some positives about the special teams a year ago, and that was punting and obviously field goal kicking with Zach Long. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that's been really consistent for you. Yes, sir. I mean, knock on wood that we keep that success going at the field goal position because we've had a year's years past that we did not have that sure guy back there but you know he hit a 50 yarder last year gave him some momentum and I think he led uh, the country in field goal percentage uh, so it's it's definitely a benefit for him to be back back there but we've got to sure up you know protections coverages we got to continue to go back to the basics and the fundamentals uh, like it's day one reinstalling all of this stuff and making sure the guys buy into the foundation and the fabric of who we want to be on special teams uh, and just because you may be a starter on offensive defense you got to realize kickoff and kickoff return are the true starters of the game so you get to set the tempo offensively or def- defensively for how the game's going to go so we got to buy into that philosophy all right coach this is year number eight what are you most excited about now that it's going to kick off here in about three weeks yes sir uh that is a new year you know for me it's what was done last year is done last year uh we can take and grow and mature uh from the successes that we end uh last year going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl winning that bowl game having a good time celebrating but now this is a new team you know we have new leadership uh we have a bunch of new faces on the team that we're trying to get to buy into who we are the fabric of this team um and we still got some things that we got to show up but we still have some time but yet time is that one commodity that we can't get back because once it's gone it's gone uh, and before you know it we'll be getting on the plane going to Wyoming uh, and and those are real live bullets. You know, we're the one sport that does not get any preseason or scrimmage games. So when it's real, it's real. Uh, so we're trying to make sure we instill that to the guys. But every time I get to coach and play football, I'll be around the guys that are playing football, I'm, I'm the happiest person on earth. I, there's not much else I would rather do during this time of the year. Yeah, I was going to say, are you as excited now, today, whatever, eighth year as you were first year? Oh, amen. Uh, this, what else would I want to be doing? I definitely don't want to be putting a roof on somebody else's house. You know, I don't want to be working out in West Texas in the oil fields. Uh, this is my ordained destiny. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is God sent. So I'm going to give everything that he's given to me through these young guys. And hopefully they do the same for us. Calvin, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. And uh, let's go, huh? Yes, sir. Can't wait. Calvin Lowry, who is, of course, the wide receiver coach, the co-passing coordinator, and special teams coach as well for the University of Tulsa. Again, opening game, approaching with Wyoming on September 3rd. And, yeah, like everybody else, can't wait. That's it for this edition of Eye of the Hurricane Podcast. I'm Bruce Howard. So long. This is Eye of the Hurricane Podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Golden Hurricane Sports Network.